2: slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now.
0: Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by lockdown sports Minnesota what's happening Reggie
3: what's up man we we uh we're we're back at it again and you know what the wild had exit interviews yesterday and I'm I'm still just like yo Yo, we should still be watching them right now, and they feel the same way.
0: Later on, we're talking twins. Pat Bev goes off on Chris Paul. Later on, putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Stock. But first, if you enjoy Superior Sports Talk, You'll also enjoy our other daily show with former NFL receiver Ron Johnson. Ron offers the unique view of an athlete-turned-broadcaster and brings you high-profile guests like Braylon Edwards, Adam Thielen, and Robert Smith. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or your favorite podcast feeds so you never miss an episode. All right, well, let's talk about those twins, shall we? Late night, if you stayed up for this one, game didn't even start till 840, but... Twins mm-hmm. win, beat the A's in their first of three, three to 3-1. Royce Lewis and Gary Sanchez with a couple bomb shots and some lights out pitching that allowed just one run, starting with Chris Archer, who got you through four innings, and then Cano, Jack, Stuffy, ring them up, set them down, didn't allow a run the rest of the game. I know what you're going to say, Reggie. It's just the A's, Luke. Settle down. But hey, man, I'll take them when I can get them. Hopefully they can take advantage of the soft spot in the schedule like we talked about yesterday. But your quick thoughts and notes from last night's victory.
3: You know, um, last night showed some grit. You know, Um, Chris Archer started the game and he had 22 pitches in that first inning. Got into some trouble. Got out of it. You know, he ended up. Only going four innings, only gave up an earned run, but no decision. Still didn't get, still didn't get a decision, man. He he doesn't have a win still. It, it's it's tough, um, but I, I think you saw some things that you like. You know, they they uh, knocked in the run to start the game, mm-hmm. and then you know after. They allowed the A's to score and tie it up. You're like, oh man, I don't know what's going to happen. And then Buck, he's just like, oh, it's all good. I got us. I got it. Base knock, knocks in a run. They take the lead. They don't look back. Gary Sanchez, he hit that ball to San Diego. Like,
0: <laughs> it's still up there. I mean, not come down.
3: I mean, look, he hit that ball and a fan that was at home caught it. Like,. <laughs> It, it was it was crazy. Bob,
0: um, what's in the meatloaf today?
3: It's a little different. <laughs> I mean, it, it was crazy. And so, uh, I, I think you saw some things that were encouraging. You know, the bullpen. You know, I was watching the game last night, and I was talking to our producer, uh, Andy, mm-hmm. at Care 11, and I was just like, man, this Twins team is loaded, man. Like... You look all up and down the lineup, you got Byron Byron Buxton on his base knock, knocked in Royce Lewis. We can get used to something that's like that, right? You know that that's, that's that's really cool. Yeah. And so, you know, you got Celestino, uh, Miranda was getting in. He played first yesterday. Uh, you got Royce Lewis like When you talk about how optimistic that you can be for the twins moving forward in their future, you're just like, dang, like they got some dudes that can be like some good contributors, like moving forward. They got some good building blocks to be a team that can sustain some success moving forward. And I think that makes you hopeful as a Twins fan, that they're just going to continue to be relevant because they have really done a great job with their farm system. Now, what you really want to see is the, the pitching to continue to get better and move forward and all that. But, like, you're talking about a team that doesn't even have career right now and they're producing at a level that has them winning these games. You know, a Buxton's not playing all the time, but, like, they're still – doing their thing like they're deep and i think that's very encouraging if you're a twins fan
0: we said it yesterday we're just waiting for him to get healthy i want to see what that fully healthy roster top to bottom one to nine finally looks like because again loads of young talent mixed with some stud vets Mm -hmm. like Buxton and Correa twins moved to 21 and 15 good enough for first place in the central and a 95 win pace as we sit today you love to see it I saw a tweet last night if the twins send down Royce Lewis we riot (laughs)
3: <laughs> talking about the
0: eventual, right, the eventual return of Carlos Correa. Troy yeah. the top. So what's the plan here, Reggie? I mean, you're talking about the number one overall pick. You groom and develop him the last few years. He finally gets brought up and looks every bit the part. How does Rocco Baldelli find a spot for him when Correa does, in fact, return to the lineup? I mean, there's just no way you can send a back down now with the way he's flashed in this small sample size the past week or so, right?
3: I do not want to be Rocco right now. Mm-hmm. Like I do not, and it's tough. You know what I mean. Like it's great that he's only in St. Paul if you do send him down. But I think what the issue is is when you have a guy playing this well, and you know Correa, you signed him. Maybe, maybe it was a bit of a uh, a big swing mm-hmm. to get Correa, but maybe you didn't think Royce Lewis was absolutely just ready right now to play on an everyday basis. And so you you got Correa to to, you know, help with that. But they have a really good problem to have. When you got an All-Star shortstop and then you got an up and coming shortstop first <laughs> first home run as a as a pro is or oh, as an MLB is is a grand slam. Slimey. And, and then you got you got him like playing well in the field and with the bat like that that's exciting, and I think fans are like, look, just find a, put him at second base, put him at third base, put him at DH or whatever something. you got to do, put him in the outfield. I don't know, you know, it's just like I, I think they have a really good problem to have, but like obviously Carlos Correa's been there, done that. Like he kind of trumps. Royce Lewis at this point but I think as a fan you probably feel good you know if this is truly a one and done year for Korea. you're like oh okay we're good we got Royce.
0: It just feels like sending him back down would just send kind of a low vibe terrible message and a tough tough pill to swallow for fans after finally getting him up and seeing him flash The Mm -hmm. way he has Nash Walker had a tweet with a great stat the other night noting the twins outfield has been absolute nails defensively. Mm. They're tied for first in the MLB in defensive runs saved and second in the MLB in outs above average. The twins have used a pretty vast rotation at right and left field. Last night it was Celestino and Nick Gordon. You see Mm -hmm. Kepler out there a lot. Garlic and others from time to time. But where am I going with this? I just, I got to find a way to bring up and talk about Byron Buxton whenever I can. The man <laughs> in the middle, the rock. He's the cornerstone of that unit, undeniably, right? And and he's also tied for second in the league with 11 home runs, just one behind Aaron Judge with 12. Mm-hmm. We talked about how valuable the guy is, and Carlos Correa spoke to the media yesterday about supporting this new Twins game plan to put Buxton on 100 or so game count to maximize his talent and health, mm-hmm. staying quote, I'd rather have him for 120 of a full season than have him for 50 because he's trying to do too much. So, Reggie, I know we mentioned it yesterday, but your final quick thoughts on Correa supporting his teammate and the Twins' new game plan to limit Buxton despite the backlash from numerous fans who want to see Buxton out there on the field every game, every inning, every pitch. They can soak everything they can out of him.
3: You know – uh Korea, I'm looking at it right now is like they probably don't know the game of baseball you're like whoa whoa whoa, don't do that don't do that to the fans um I think what's tough is like look I like cookies okay I can eat cookies all the time like snickerdoodle peanut butter chocolate chip like oh my favorite I love cookies can't necessarily eat them all the time though if i want to <laughs> live long you know what i mean like all right. the butter and all the the sugar and all like probably not sustainable for my long-term health you know what i mean the doctor like, ain't gonna allow that no yeah you're probably talking about high cholesterol me having a heart attack when i'm 40 like all that type of stuff you know i think it's a similar thing a similar anecdote with byron buxton like the fans love it. He's such a treat. You know, he's ice cream after dinner. You know, and it's just like, oh, no, like, I mean, but but we love ice cream. What do you mean? Like, dessert is the best. Sometimes but I it, eat dessert before dinner. But it's not
0: ish though, right?
3: But it's just like, uh, that's not sustainable, though. And what we've seen with these injuries with Buxton is like, he's going to get them, and they are going to allow him to not play in games and not be durable over a full 162 well if you manage that risk and you're like oh okay maybe maybe every couple days i'll have a scoop of ice cream maybe every couple days i'll have a couple cookies after dinner and it's just like it's enough to satisfy that sweet tooth you know for the week and i think that's probably what the the idea is with buxton it's just like look if you want to eat cookies every day, then all right, you got to you got to be able to accept the consequences. But if you just, you know, nibble every few days, you know, I think you'll still get your fix. And I think that's kind of what I think fans have to look look at right now. They, they still get their Buxton fix, but it's just not going to be every day, because if it is every day, then there are long term consequences that go with that.
0: Yeah, moderation for sure is key mm-hmm. there with Buxton. Another late one tonight. Run it back. Copy-paste. 8.40 <laughs> p.m. Central Standard Time. Dylan Bundy on the mound tonight for Twins in Game 2 versus the A's. Fans hoping for the return of Carlos Correa any day now. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be here to break it all down. Coming up, Patrick Beverly made the headlines yesterday after some crisp Ball trash. Lord up. have mercy. And I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat later on too. But first... Do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gorg for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel.
1: This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homeshef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homeshef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: All right, well, Reggie. <laughs> Patrick Beverly woke up and decided to take a ride on the media carousel yesterday. He oh made a pit goodness. stop on like half the morning shows at ESPN Studios, and he had plenty to say about Phoenix suns Chris Paul. I mean, man went. Off. I had to double check and make sure I wasn't watching a Comedy Central roast because Beverly was not too kind after the Suns blowout loss to the Mavs stating, quote, They benched the wrong person. They should have benched Chris in favor of DeAndre Ayton, who was the number one overall pick just a few years ago. Beverly also said Paul can't play defense anymore and compared him to a cone stating CP can't guard nobody man everybody in the NBA knows that he's a cone give him the Ben Simmons slander so Reggie let's start there as you like to say Pat Bev woke up and he chose violence yesterday going off on Chris Paul why such harsh words for a guy who's a 12-time all-star a guy who led the NBA in steals a record six times NBA assists a record five times he was the rookie of the year two-time Olympic gold medal winner and uh oh yeah about that defense a nine-time NBA all-defensive team or was all that slander warranted do you think
3: I mean look Chris Paul isn't necessarily the most well-liked guy this around the NBA I mean he was the the NBPA president for years you know he advocated for players and all that but when you look at Chris Paul and you look at his body of work, he is a pest out there on the court. You know, players like young players, old players, like anybody can get it when it comes to Chris Paul. And, you know, I've seen some young players chirping at him. I've seen some older players chirping at him. And, like, he mixes it up with the best of them, you know, like – He's one of those hyper competitive players that does any and everything to gain an advantage over his opponent. And that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And it has rubbed Pat Bev the wrong way. If you go back and remember, Pat Bev got suspended for the first game of this season Mm. because of his antics with who? Chris Paul. That's right. The two of them do not like each other. Like there is no love lost between the two of them, and so like Pat Bev like used that opportunity yesterday to get his issue off. Like he got beef, he wanted all the smoke, and that's what he gave him. And I think it it was it was interesting seeing the the commentary behind it because there were a faction of players. And a faction of people who were just like, hey, he's got a point, you know. And it's just funny because um, one of my frat brothers brought up how, like, when Pat Bev was criticizing Ja Morant a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. like, people love Ja. So they came in and they they packed him up. They packed Pat Bev up, like, you know, Samsonite, zipped it up got him up out the paint like they got him out of there but now you know with the Chris Paul slander from from Pat Bev guys are just like well you might have a point and you know Pat Bev obviously was talking from a place of having talked to some of his peers some of his colleagues and really kind of forming that opinion now there were other people you know like Damian Lillard um and and people like that who were on Twitter yesterday who were voicing their opinion against what Pat Bev was saying like i think Dame was like man Pat is talking like his word is law he was just like you know he's he he ain't he ain't him like he can't he can't do what what Chris Paul can do and it's just like well okay you know, I, I get it. But, you know, it made for quite the entertainment, and I was here for all of it.
0: Yeah, Matt Barnes came to his defense today laying out all the accolades I just mentioned and came to bat for Paul and stating Pat Bev isn't anywhere near the level Paul is in their careers when this is all said and done and the dust settles. Like, will Pat Bev be looked at in a different light? Because we all know he loves to talk some trash, and, and that's why we love him. But will his name always be associated now with going on national television? slandering Paul like the way he did or as time goes on will this kind of get lost in the wind over a long offseason like those were some bold statements will this be attached to Pat Bev wherever he goes now or just more bulletin board material in his laundry list of playful trash talk that he's always going to be known for
3: yeah I think it just kind of is what it is you know uh the interesting thing is like you know Matt Barnes's point was pointed and he, he kind of insulted him a little bit. But, but I think uh, the the issue is, like, it reigns true what Matt was saying as far as, like, he and Pat Bev are guys that are role players. You know, don't play Pat Bev like he can't play, though, because, like, he's lasted a decade in this league. Like, he he can play. He can hoop at an NBA level. But, like, you're not looking at Pat Bev and asking him to get you – 22 points, 10 assists, five rebounds. Like, you're not, like, that's not the guy that you're looking at. Like, you know, people call Chris Paul the point god. And it's like, even if they don't like him per se, like, you have to respect the man because, like, you listed all of Chris Paul's achievements. And, like, he's a dude. He, like, he is one of the best NBA players of all time. And, He's carried a, a reputation of not being a guy that could get it done in the postseason, and that part sucks, you know. But give, give the man his respect. But also, you know, like give Pat Bev his respect. You know, he's maybe not the, the defensive stalwart as he was before. You know, he he's very, you know, handsy. He gets in there, and, and he's a pest as well. He, he tries to get under your skin. And I think a lot of guys just kind of haven't figured out, like, When the Lakers were in town uh, a few months ago and Pat Bev was like chirping at LeBron, LeBron was just like, whatever, it's Pat Bev, (laughs) you know, it's fine, whatever. It's like nothing, if if Pat Bev is doing something or saying something to get under your skin, that's on you because you know what his MO is, you know what his game is. And it's just like so many players seem to have figured that part out. And and it's like, man, nobody's tripping off Pat Bev. But it's just like, look. You got to respect the dude because he's been a player in this league as well. So I don't think it I don't think it really does anything for him uh, from a reputation standpoint. Pat Bev is one of those players that he's almost like a pariah, you know, it's like he's a he's a great guy if he plays on the team that you root for, you love him. But if you play against him, you hate him. Like there is no like in between. Like, I've never heard anybody say, oh, you know, Pat Bev's cool, you know, whatever. No, it's either like you hate him or you don't. It's like Draymond Green. Like, people either love him or they don't. And, you know, similar to a Draymond Green, they play a role and they play their role well. And that just is what it is.
0: Analytics, it ju- just dominates everything in sports nowadays it's an analytic driven market and Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of emotional and human aspects to the game that you just can't find in analytics pat bev is a great case in point in that in that he just gets under your skin causes somewhat of an emotional stir up and you love when he's on your team but man you just can't stand going up against him you gotta respect that
2: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, the time has come. My favorite segment is here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports called What Does It Mean? Reggie, are you ready to go through the gauntlet?
3: Come on. Come at me, bro.
0: I'm bringing it today. Here we go. <laughs> First up, what does it mean? ESPN's newest power rankings names off one player from each team who benefited the most from each draft class. So Kevin Seifert noted for the Vikings, CJ Ham was the player who most benefited from the front office hall after the team did not address the tight end position until the seventh round, and the fact that Kevin O'Connell could use a lot of two-back sets and motion Ham as a tight end early and often. What does it mean for Ham when trying to glean how the new-look Vikings offense could use their fullback and tight ends in 2022?
3: You know what's interesting is, like, Kevin Seifert dug deep into the bag for this one.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, like, I did not expect this one when I no, read
3: like, like what? No, like, out of all people, the player who benefited from the draft the most you went CJ Ham, fullback. You're like, but then you kind of think about it, and you're just like, okay, Kevin might be on to something. Mm-hmm. He might be going somewhere with this, because CJ Ham has quietly become like one of the Vikings' most productive players since he was drafted in 2016, or well, went undrafted mm-hmm. in in 2016. And so I think what's really cool is, is like, whenever you get CJ involved into the offense at any point, he produces. And so I think what Kevin O'Connell saw on film is a guy who can be used maybe more than he was. Like, he's just not a fullback. Like, I've seen them flex him out, I've seen them, you know put him on wheel routes out of the backfield and he pick up a first down for the team. Like when you actually give him a chance, like he can do some things now, look, he's five ten, So like, I don't see like him being a quote unquote tight end in the, you know, a sense of maybe like a, a, a Jim Klein saucer or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, but like Great
0: name drop, by the way. Thank you. Well,
3: you know, but I think, I think, he can be productive, you know, if you are gonna gonna, you know, implement a, a two-back set, receiver set, something like that, just another weapon at Kevin O'Connell's like like arsenal to be able to put out there. I think I think Kevin might be onto something and I think CJ could be a weapon because he's shown that if given the opportunity, he can produce out there. And so you. that's not necessarily the first name you think of, of like, oh, who benefited from the draft the most. But, like, the dude can play. I mean, he wouldn't have lasted this long if he couldn't. Quietly, still only 28 years old as well. Like, he still got some good football left to be played moving forward. And I'm interested now that Seifer brings it up. I'm interested to see how Kevin O'Connell employs him. Uh, game after game to to kind of be a little bit more a part of the game plan as opposed to just being a lead blocker for Dalvin and Madison?
0: Well, when Kevin O'Connell was brought in, the first thing Vikings fans did, they pulled out the roster, they took a pin, and they go, okay, who's out? Fullback, mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell, don't use Fullback, not in that yeah. Rams offense. But you know what good coaches do in today's NFL—they maximize their players' best skill sets. And he knows, like you said, C.J. Ham's a great football player. He's one mm-hmm. of the top three to five fullbacks in the league for a reason, albeit sure. Yeah. The league doesn't use the fullback position traditionally that much anymore, but the dude is useful and versatile nonetheless. And I love to hear that Seifert kind of pointed and highlighted C.J. Ham out because, again, he's good enough to where you can find different ways to utilize him and diminish the lack of depth we talked about yesterday at the tight end position by Mm -hmm. motioning him and getting creative. You want to get your best 11 guys on the field, period, when you can show and disguise different looks using a fullback, Dalvin Cooks in the backfield. We talked about Alexander Madison as well. They're still going to try to run the ball quite a bit in this offense, no doubt. Yeah. But using C.J. Ham again, just shows and proves that Kevin O'Connell isn't just coming in, Implementing and supplanting his system and making guys adjust to him. No, he's looking at the roster and the talent and adjusting to his players' skill sets. That's, that's what great I love about this. So hopefully, Kevin Seifert's onto something. I know Vikings fans would love to see CJ Ham not just make the team, but be a part of this offense and produce like we've seen him the last four or five years. The so local legend, Augustin, yeah. in the backyard.
3: Love he's a fan favorite. Him. Yeah.
0: Next one up, what does it mean? Minnesota Vikings announced they have hired Demetrius Washington as VP of football operations. He comes from Cleveland. What does it mean when looking at the Vikings heavy analytics driven front office and how it now relates to player personnel? What's your just quick thoughts on bringing him in?
3: I think it's interesting that Kwasi brought in one of his guys, basically, you know, they were kind of in the trenches together uh, in San Francisco when Kwasi first kind of made his transition into football and Mm You know, he brought a guy in that he trusts and he brought a guy in that, you know, probably has a similar mindset, thinks similarly to him. And so I think they're, they're going all in on analytics, man, like they're they're going to they're going to really just like zero in on this. And I I think it's really cool for the organization from a front office standpoint is you got another mind in there that, you know, is diverse in thought. And someone who can who can really just kind of help, you know, as as Kwesi continues to transition as a guy being in the general manager role, and and he makes these important decisions about the roster and about the the overall growth of the football team. He's got another voice in the building that he trusts. You know, it, it's it's interesting. You know, like when I came to Care Eleven. I came as the sports director, you know, a a leadership position. And when I came in, there were nobody, you know, on the team that I knew before I got here. And, you know, not to say that you can't work well with your team, Mm -hmm. but it's always kind of cool, you know, when, you know, when you come to a situation and you're like, oh, okay, like, I'll work with the team that's assembled, you know, and I think we work well together, which is the case with me at Care 11. But say like I was able to come over and like bring my own producer or bring my own, you know, whoever to to come with me. Someone that I was comfortable with, someone that I already had a relationship with, someone that I trust. And, And it just makes that experience that much more better. And so now what we're seeing is that Kwasi has done that. Like he is already getting along great with the people in the building and they are gelling well. But now he's brought a guy in that he that he knows that he trusts that, you know, he has a great relationship with that can also kind of be a little bit of a wingman for him that just kind of makes it all that much more, you know, like together when it comes to making football decisions. And so it's interesting that they did this after the draft. But I mean, anytime you you kind of come in after a season, after, you know, a Super Bowl and all that stuff, and you're trying to just piecemeal your way, like, this is kind of the result of that. And so you, you probably see, you know, when we get to around this time next year, that team is really just kind of gelling and moving forward. In the direction that Quasi really wants to go. But right now, they're just kind of like getting things together and, you know, kind of filling things out.
0: As Brad Pitt and Moneyball says, adapt or die. And we know mm. the entire sports landscape has now built their teams and philosophies around analytics. Mm-hmm. There's no point in dipping your toes in, Quasi, if you're going to go all in jump in the deep end and that's what he's done. He's committed to this analytics landscape and bringing in Demetrius Washington from Cleveland. Love Mm -hmm. that they have some ties together like you mentioned. So, I think it's a good move for sure. Last one up, what does it mean? The Green Bay Packers made Jair Alexander the highest paid cornerback in the NFL yesterday with a four-year 84 million dollar deal included a 30 million dollar guaranteed signing bonus a new defensive back record what does it mean when breaking down the thought process of the packers to pay jair alexander over Devontae adams who was traded this offseason what's your quick takeaways from that move
3: all right did you watch that playoff game that they lost to the Mm -hmm. 49ers Mm -hmm. so that's probably what is driving all of this like The offense, even with Devontae and all those weapons, mm-hmm. they hardly did anything in that game. Nothing. But what you saw was some terrible mistakes on the special teams. You saw, you know, some mistakes on defense that really allowed the 49ers to take control and to win that football game. And I think if you're talking about trying to get back to the Super Bowl, and talking about really just trying to last and not go one and done in the playoffs after being one of the top seeds, which is, you know, embarrassing. I think they they go all in on defense. I think what they hope is that Aaron Rodgers and that offense and Matt LaFleur, they'll figure it out and they'll be complimentary to the defense. But what we saw in the draft is their first couple picks, defense. You know, they, they were able to add Christian Watson <laughs> You know, to kind of be a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is going to have to bring him along as a rookie. You know, because Rodgers doesn't have all that much time left, and and it's like, well, you know, you had a, an established guy in Devontae Adams, and now you got to learn this rookie up up to speed, and now you know that's going to be an interesting thing when you talk about how this off season progresses, but I think you know, the old adage still reigns true, man. Defense wins championships. And I think, you know, them paying Jair, I mean, first of all, paying Jair was a no-brainer. You yep. know, he, he, he had some injuries, and so you hope that he continues to just stay healthy moving forward, but you're talking about one of the top corners in the game. So it's kind of like a no-brainer to to pay that guy, right? I mean, you, you spent a first-round pick on him back, you know, a few years ago, so it's just like you're investing in one of your guys. So it makes sense. But at the end of the day, like I said, defense wins championships. And so as, as brilliant as that offense was last year, bounced. They got packed up and they went home. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo saying, you know, mm-hmm. F the Packers at the end of that game. Like, embarrassing. Like, dang, the disrespect. You know, they're hoping that something like that doesn't happen again. When you go all in on defense, your first two picks and and you pay Jair Alexander, like you're going you're going hard on the defense and you're going to you're going to go by that to, to try to get you to the promised land.
0: This ain't the MLB, man. You can't keep everybody. There's a salary cap for a reason, right? And so you yeah. gotta pick and choose. You gotta get creative. And they chose defense over Devontae Adams. And mm-hmm. I think the philosophy kind of rings true here after they draft not one but two defensive players, Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia, the defensive yep. tackle from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt in the first round. Say, hey, yep. We got Aaron Rodgers. But that doesn't mean we need to go get him help because we have Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make everybody around him better. He's going to elevate their game plan. It's like when Mike Zimmer was here in Minnesota and he kept using early picks on defense and cornerbacks specifically. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you were the DB guru. I thought you were the cornerback guru. Why can't we wait later on and draft Mm -hmm. cornerbacks later and let you do your thing? And help out the other side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, with those early-round picks? So definitely a philosophy in place in Green Bay. Interesting to see how it's going to all play out. Jair, though, finally gets paid. Well-deserved. He's making more than Jalen Ramsey and Denzel Ward. The previous Jeez. top two cornerbacks in the NFL. All right, Reggie, you survived the gauntlet. We're back here tomorrow breaking down the Twins game two tonight. Dylan Bundy on the mound. That game starts at 8 40 p.m. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on Care 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
3: Be blessed. Spread love today.
2: This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free
3: on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.